Hello, everyone, and welcome to Metalography Podcast. I am your host, Willie the Wilster. This episode, we will be looking at Anthrax's sound of white noise. So I'm wrapping up this current series of the big four of thrash metal with Anthrax. In previous episodes, we've looked at albums from Metallica, Slayer, and Megadeth, so that leaves us with a little band from New York called Anthrax. Sound of White Noise was the first album that I bought from Anthrax. I remember seeing the video for the song Only on Headbangers Ball and fell in love with that song. I had little exposure to Anthrax before seeing that video. I had seen shirts of them in movies and I think the real first look I saw of them was on an episode of Married with Children. Anyone remember that show or that episode? So basically, the episode revolves around Bud winning a contest that has the winner having dinner with Anthrax. The whole band makes an appearance and they play themselves in the episode. And it's actually based off a real contest that Headbangers Ball did a few years earlier where someone would win a chance to hang out with Anthrax. And that was a little before my heavy metal years, so I missed out on that, but I'm sure if I had the chance to enter that contest, I would have. Uh, And of course, they probably would have trashed my parents' house, and that would not have gone over well with them. (laughs) Uh, Their role on that episode was fun to watch, and looking back on it today is still pretty funny to see. Early Anthrax songs had more of a comedic theme to them. Uh, They wrote songs with a bit of humor to them and some sarcastic tones to them as well. So basically, it was just five guys from Queens, New York, having fun and just just doing crazy stuff and writing about crazy fun things. The album Sound of White Noise would see a new lead singer for the band. Although Joey Belladonna was the main voice for the band through a lot of their early albums, John Bush would take over as lead vocalist starting with this album. When I heard this album, again, at the time, I did not know they had a different lead singer for earlier albums. I was still pretty new to heavy metal, and so trying to learn the history of these bands at that time, especially when the internet was practically non-existent at the time, it it just was information that I had to go on based on what was presented to me at the time, or maybe what I I read in a magazine or, or saw in an article or something. The first time I listened to this album, I noticed it was a little different than I expected. Now, I'm not sure what I expected as I had not heard too much Anthrax before this album. I'd only really heard the song only and maybe one or two other songs that I may have seen on Headbangers Ball. I I really can't remember right now. I knew I had enjoyed the album as a whole. Uh, Some songs were better than others in my opinion, but overall I was happy with that album. As the years went on, I would be exposed to more Anthrax and would end up loving the band. There is a lot more to talk about with this band, and I want to talk about all of it, but some things I will say for another episode, especially the influence they had on the merging of heavy metal and rap music. But for now, I will focus on this album and the specific time period of this band. So according to a chat I had with Abraham Lincoln on the internet, This album came out on May 25th, 1993. It debuted at number 7 on the Billboard 200 chart, and it would be Anthrax's highest chart position ever. It was certified gold two months after it was released. The album was a commercial success for the band. The lineup for this album consisted of John Bush on lead vocals, Dan Spitz on lead guitar and backing vocals, Scott Ian on rhythm guitar and backing vocals, 
Frank Bello on bass and backing vocals, and Charlie Benante on drums. The songs on this album are Potter's Field, Only, Room for One More, Packaged Rebellion, High Pro Glow, Invisible, Thousand Points of Hate, Black Lodge, Sodium Pinnacle, Burst, This Is Not An Exit. The first track is Potter's Field and it opens up with some white noise being played and a vocal track speaking. Slowly a drum track fades in and then suddenly the whole band kicks in and the main beat is this slow, hard, and heavy driving riff, but underneath you hear one guitar playing a fast chugging riff. Then the vocals kick in and immediately you can tell this nude singer fits with Anthrax. Some people would say that Joey is the only singer for Anthrax, but this song and the album as a whole does show that John Bush fit in just as well. The song keeps a steady beat, but I just love how there are some short blasts in the speed and shredding guitars played as well. This is a great first track and it definitely showed that Anthrax has matured and is not going anywhere. Only was the first video I remember seeing by them. I remember it being a black and white video and it just looked very rough and dirty. Kind of very fitting during this time as grunge was starting to make an impact and I can't help but see some grunge influences not only in the video but even in the song. It has a different sound and feel than what previous Anthrax music sounds like. The drums have a nice beat to them and a groove riff during the verse helps to complement the rhythm of the song. The song keeps this tempo and drive during the chorus also. For being the first single off the new album, Anthrax really wanted to show a different direction they were going in. This song definitely shows that change. Next is Room for One More and it keeps the same theme of only with a more driving riff and groove riff for the verse. The chorus leans a little more to some classic Anthrax and I like how the song really shows how the two sides of Anthrax can coexist at the same time and there are a few other songs on this album that have the same feel to them. There was also a video for this song. Uh, the video has a similar theme as Only where it was kind of a rough style to it but it is in color uh, so go check it out. It's kind of interesting how Only was in black and white but Room for One More is in color but they kind of, I don't know, to me when I've watched both videos it almost kind of looks like they might have been filmed maybe around the same day because uh, some of the locations look uh, very familiar in both videos. I can't help but maybe think that they shot two videos in one day or, some, or something like that. <laughs> Packaged Rebellion starts out with a fade of some guitars playing a simple melody and the bass fills in followed by a drum beat. You can tell this song is building to something and then it's a nice punch into the verse and I always loved how this song started and built up. During the chorus, the melodic guitar riff fits perfectly with John Bush's vocals delivery. The song keeps a steady tempo like the previous songs on the album until you hit the guitar solo. It is so fun to hear that main riff sped up with some classic thrash style guitar over it. High Pro Glow starts off with some fast, uh, rough riffs. Uh, the song stands out as something different on this album. There are elements of new anthrax mixed with not only classic thrash anthrax, but just some classic metal sounds also. The vocals during the verse are given to you like a punch in the face. John Bush didn't really sing during the verse on this song. 
And the chorus is a different story. Uh, he definitely holds the chorus down with his singing vocals. Uh, the bridge keeps the classic thrash metal sound with a palm muted riff. And I like how this song sounds like it's all over the place, but yet you still hear the main riff throughout all the changes that happen in the song. Uh, the song also had a video to it. It's footage of the band mixed with some military drill scenes that look like something from maybe the 50s or 60s. I don't ever remember seeing this video on TV. So really the first time I saw this video, it was while doing research for this album. Uh, let me know if you actually saw this video on TV or if um, you too are maybe discovering that there was a video to this song. Next is Invisible, and the beginning sounds like something you would have heard in early Anthrax. It even breaks into some good thrash metal before hitting a groove for the verse. But even during that verse, it still keeps a classic Anthrax sound. The tempo changes a bit for the chorus, and it is one of the few songs that seems like it may have been written a while back, but found its way onto this album. I can't get enough of the song and just how it sounds. It's one of my favorites on this album, even after all these years. So if Invisible felt like some good thrash metal, well, the next song, 1000 Points of Hate, would just add to it. It keeps the same sound and theme of the classic Anthrax mixed with new Anthrax. And with a title like A Thousand Points of Hate, you would expect something rough and in your face, and this song definitely delivers from the very beginning. The verse is driving, and it contrasts with the chorus, which is more speed and thrash. One of my favorite parts of this song is just after the solo, where the opening riff is played again, but yet you hear this snare drum just being hit fast and almost angry-like. The title and the music definitely match up on this song. Black Lodge is where things change a bit. It is more of a ballad song. It starts with some slow guitar melodies and keeps a similar pace throughout the song. It does pick up a bit after the bridge and solo. The lyrics for the verse are delivered in a similar dark way. As I mentioned, the bridge and solo pick up the tempo slightly by adding a driving guitar riff and drum beat under the melody of the song. I really like how this adds to the song, and for me, I enjoyed the latter half of this song because of it. There is a video for the song, and it's a pretty dark video. Um, I won't cover too much of it here, but you can definitely feel the pain of the main character trying to bring back happier memories and times with a loved one. Uh, check the song and the video out and let me know what you think of it. After the dark and moody feel of Black Lodge, the next song, Sodium Penthol, just kicks things right back up. Now, the song is actually titled with the chemical formula for the uh, sodium penthol, but I'm not about to say that whole thing here. It's just too crazy and um, just would be weird, in my opinion. The song has more of that classic anthrax thrash metal sound to it in the beginning and during the chorus. Uh, the verse has a more groove to it like a few other songs off this album have kept with. The song Burst starts with a fast bass track and rolling drums. As one of the shortest songs on the album, you can't help but really hear some thrash metal elements on this song. I love the guitar riffs on the song for their fast tempos and then launching into some open chord riffs while the drum keeps the fast tempo. 
it has all the makings of a good classic heavy metal song. The last song on this album is This Is Not An Exit. And the sounds of this one, it's different. It is one of the, it, it has more, I guess you could say it has more of a grunge influence to it again. Uh, the groove in the song sticks out also. Uh, you can hear how Anthrax was opening up their sound and songwriting during the song. And it definitely is a very heavy song, but doesn't quite hit some of the classic thrash metal sounds and riffs that Anthrax has been writing for years. Now, it does make a lot of sense to make this be the last song because it's almost kind of like leaving you, the listener, on kind of a cliffhanger of like, hey, this last song may sound a little bit different, but it's also kind of giving you an idea of the direction we're going to be heading over the next couple of albums. So uh, I think I think it was really good to put that song at the very end of the album. So my final review of this album is it's an album of its time. Anthrax, like many bands during this time, were going through changes and experimenting with different sounds and different approaches to songwriting. I know when I first got this album as a teenager, I loved it and I kept it in my Walkman for several days in a row, just playing it over and over and over. I didn't know much Anthrax up to then, so as I explored more of their older stuff, this album just didn't keep up in my opinion. Some of my favorite tracks on this album are only Potter's Field and A Thousand Points of Hate. Those songs I find myself listening to often, even to this day. I know I talked a bit about how some of these songs had a grunge sound and feel to them, and there is a reason for that. This album was produced by Dave Jordan, who produced Alice in Chains' albums Facelift and Dirt, which are extremely important in the grunge music movement that was happening during this time. Is it an Anthrax grunge album? In my opinion, no, it's not. There is a lot of classic Anthrax sound and style to this that keeps it from being a full-on grunge album. Over the years, Anthrax has become and is still one of my favorite all-time bands. They are still putting out music today and even touring. Let me know if you've had a chance to see them live. Okay, Metalographers, time for some updates. I'm taking a small break as the year comes to an end to spend time with family and to recharge and plan out for 2023. I want to thank you so much for being with me while working on this podcast. I want to keep delivering good content to you and in a consistent manner. I do this all on my own, but I love doing it. I love talking about music, especially heavy metal music. It's one of my passions. I'm also going to be looking at possibly doing a Patreon or a Podfan site where you can get access to episodes earlier and a few special episodes and topics that I'm looking into make, making exclusive on those platforms sometime in 2023. When I come back from the break, I'll be doing some very, very, very special episodes that involve requests from you guys that have requested either some albums or bands that you'd like to know more about. And also got some interviews that I'll be doing also. So be on the lookout for those coming in January and February. Again, I can't thank each and every one of you enough for your continued support and interactions online. I look forward to more great things in 2023. So, as always, thank you for joining me. 
Please let me know what you thought of this album by emailing me at metalographypodcast at gmail.com. Also, let me know of any albums you would like for me to review. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. This helps to grow the show and make it better. Follow us on Twitter at MetalographyPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Metalography Podcast. All the links are in the description below. Thanks again for listening and for your support. And remember, keep it loud and keep it metal. Be blessed, everyone. Mm-hmm.